back to the farmstead we're glad you're here pull up a chair and rest your heels and let's talk about large family living on the homestead let's get after it let's do it well we're back i'm not sure if we're better than ever (laughs) we're more tired than ever back (laughs) we're back well it's been a little bit it's been uh I feel like every time I listen back to a podcast and I hear the intro, I feel like we always say, it's been busy, it's been crazy, it's been, it's been it. That's, yeah, it's always like that though. At yeah. every point in our life. Well, we hope you guys checked out the uh, How to Propagate Comfrey video. Uh, we were kind of caught up in putting some time and did uh, trying to do some video and some podcast uh, right before the big B run and everything else that happened and we just haven't had time to get down here and put any more time or energy uh, into an episode, but we finally are getting things uh, moving forward here during spring, and thought, hey, this would be a really good time to get down there uh, and get a podcast out, and kind of share kind of where we are with spring, and uh, all the things that are springing. Spring has sprung on the homestead. We are in full swing. I do not think that we had... uh, Three snows at the after the forsythia. No, nope. I told you we wouldn't, but you were insistent, and I said, "Oh, I don't think so. I don't feel like it's going to happen this year," and it didn't. But that was okay, and everything's looking great. The weather's been wacky. It has been really rainy. It's been another wet spring, but not quite as cold. It got weird warm towards the end of winter, and then it got mm-hmm. rainy and wet, and then it's getting cold again, and then. As you guys know, we raise bees, and uh, if you raise bees, you know that the worst weather you can possibly get <laughs> in the spring is when it's cold and when it's raining. Yeah. Especially this time. We're in mid-May, and when everything's, when the, when the pollen starts to come on and the nectar starts to be available, yeah. and the bees are building up and getting ready to take off, and you're thinking about making splits, and then all of a sudden, all the pollen that shows up gets washed out. Yeah. It just sets everything back, and it's like, it just reiterates that that mother nature always wins and all you can do is try to work with her because there ain't no way you're going to work against her and win right yep and it's been it's definitely been rainy and been chillier than i anticipated after it got warm but um this is the first year in a long time that there has not been three snows after the facithia blooms i know right and it was different and i just felt like when we kept looking and looking, we were like, oh, our forsythia finally bloomed. I don't think we even got one snow, did we? I think we got like a flurry after the forsythia. Because I had a friend keep texting me and say, is this it? Are we done? <laughs> it's hard because when you start to dig into phenology and better understanding nature's calendar, it's hard to shake off patterns and things that you see over time. Especially when you are planning on things, uh, planning on getting your seed started or planning on making splits or planning on, you know, when you might have bees for sale. You, all that is kind of is based on what nature is saying when spring is actually sprung. And so or here we are. when it's done it in the past. Yep. And yeah. And so, but uh, that's just the way it goes. I think the more experience that we get, 
uh, out here on the homestead, the, the more it, it we kind of just get good with how vulnerable we actually are in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Uh, nature has its uh, our own time, and uh, all we can do is, is try to work along with that. And um, we've uh, it's been uh, exciting, to say the least, Yes. the past couple weeks. Yeah, the past few weeks flew by like we were wrapping up a lot of things, getting done with a lot of things just to, you know, that we've prepared for all winter and finally got like got to the finish line <laughs> on several things. Yeah. I think one of the first things is we got the cows out of their winter paddock and onto grass. Which they were like, you know, have you ever seen that? Like, I'm sure that it's been around on Facebook for like years, but the, the cows at the dairies being released into their spring and grass. And they're jumping and, and doing And they're like jumping and, and doing like That's exactly big, what it's like. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's what they, they were so excited to see fresh grass and like, it was so funny. But that, that was fun. That was fun to see them do that and then eat it up so quick. It was like a salad bar. Okay, where's where's the next patch? <laughs> and it's always uh, tough the first part of spring because you, you hold them off until you've got just enough of the right grass. Yes. Uh, and they we, we got to the point where it was like, okay, do we keep feeding them hay or do we just get them out on what's available and then move them more frequently? So now we got them into a nice spot uh, where I think we're close to being able to, to keep up with them. Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't have a big herd of cows. We're not cattlemen. Um, we have little Dexter cows. Um, they fit the bill here for us. And the difference this year is we have four instead yes. of two because the heifers calved. Now they're getting bigger. And so the challenge this year is keeping enough grass out ahead of them, keeping them moved. Uh, and they're just the areas where they would typically you know be good for like 10 to 14 days. Not they're so mowing much. down in like less than a week. Yeah. And then they're looking at you like, um, so. Yeah. And we're ready What's to get next? moved. So that's uh, that's going to be uh, a, a challenge mm-hmm. um, the spring and summer to stay ahead of them um, and keep enough grass. I think we might have to talk about maybe we'll send uh, both of the, the big heifers uh, and, ha- and have them butchered. It's, it's going to kind of lead us into all the things that we're going to talk about, but I don't see us having enough time to butcher yeah, I think we're going to have to compromise on how many we were hoping. Yeah. Yeah, I just I don't know. There's I don't, I don't see us doing that. We also moved the the pigs are obviously it's been a little while they're they're out of their training paddock and we have them uh, running on just uh, portable electric wire. Yeah. And they're uh, currently in our uh, new orchard area. Uh, and so, as you can, as you guys remember, we talked about how we ran the cows in that orchard area, and uh, ran the round bales on contour, so that the cows will kind of pull out the round bales and make a big heavy hay thatch uh, in the rows, exactly where we're going to plant, so they can also manure it up and then uh, kind of create that thatch to kind of keep the weeds down. That worked out great. Um, so those areas are now still just, it just looks like old hay um, until, we, until we brought the pigs in. So that's the first place the pigs went to when we brought them into the orchard. Oh, yeah. Um, so now they're kind of tilling that up, rooting through all that. Um, and then all the grassy areas in between those rows are also tearing up and getting ready for us to plant some other things. So um, I'm pretty excited to see how that kind of turns out. But the pigs are doing great. I think out of, out of all the breeds of pigs that we've ran, uh, these old spots from Steve Hedrick down at Mountain View Farms, they're they're doing super good. 
like they just they look the best or the happiest or the they're um, friendly they're friendly they're 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 gentle um we'll just kind of see how they how they kind of progress they are the most rooting of any of the hogs that we've ever had here they yes. definitely turn up way more soil um than any other um hog kind of has so that's just a, a, a new challenge on on kind of how we put them to work but it's fun watching they're like big puppy dogs when you drive up or you walk up they just all start barreling from yes. wherever they're hiding with their ears flapping and you know grunting and all that so they're they're pretty fun to to kind of see do all that uh what else is going on over there at the farm we propagated a bunch of elderberry cuttings yeah which i you you started handing me this like dead stick and i'm like what in the world is he doing I thought you just wanted our little mini date to the farm to last longer. And I'm like, okay. And then you're like, well, snip this and sideways and, and stick those in the ground in a row. And I'm like, what? And so then you real I realized they were elderberry and I'm like, this, nothing's going to happen. You know, cup half empty kind of person. And here like a week or two later, I see like green leafy stuff sticking out of the, I was like, what? It's pretty cool, you know, if it you is learn, cool. learn how some of these, these plants operate. But we took a bunch of dormant elderberry uh, and cut them back to, you know, probably 12, 14 inch sticks yeah. that had, you know, three to four nodes on them. And then we cut the bottom at an angle to make like a stake. And then we just pushed, you know, that stake into the ground and buried two of those nodes. Um, and then it wasn't maybe a couple weeks. Um, those elderberries started to leave out yeah. from above ground, and so now we could we planted hundreds of them for free. Yeah, absolutely. It was crazy. I was super surprised. Now I can't barely see them because the grass is all now the grass and so weeds have come up. Hopefully, if you can't see them, hopefully the deer can't see them, exactly. and they'll be safe for a little while. Yeah. We uh, kind of we uh, split some bamboo that we had grown. Kind of got those into some different areas. Uh, propagated a bunch more comfrey. Got those out into some areas. Um, and so we're kind of we're getting really close to as soon as the pigs get their work done. Uh, oh, we had about some grafted apples from last year that uh, right. bloomed, and we gave those to um, my aunt and my mom to plant at their houses and we planted one at our house. That, that was so cool to see. Cause you got to see that before you left. They had just started a flower. And I think we had mentioned that before that we, when we were talking with your grandpa, with Fred, that he was telling us about the old homestead, uh, that he remembered, uh, as a kid at his grandpa's homestead where he, they grew grapes and, uh, different fruit trees and such. And he, his grandpa did a lot of grafting and he remembers yeah. as a kid watching his grandpa graft and all that. And we, uh, actually went found the old homestead and I took uh, cuttings scion wood of the apple and also cuttings of the grapes and uh, brought them back and we actually got the grapes to root and mm. also uh, got the apple to take to some rootstock so now we have great great grandpa Moffitt's apple uh, mm -hmm. and grapes that he was known for making hooch with and jams and things like that we have those growing here on our homestead that in the future our kids and, and we will be doing the same thing. So that's, yeah, that's and we wouldn't cool. have known what those things were because he didn't speak English. Right. Yeah, Grandpa didn't, I mean, they didn't communicate like, you know, in... Yeah, Grandpa Moffat, I guess, he, didn't speak he, a whole lot of English. No, he didn't. And so Grandpa Fred would just sit there and watch him and, yep. you know, take what he what he could from him so that's pretty cool to think about though like just just the action of him working with the trees grafting oh he remembers so made such an impact on things. fred that he remembers and can tell those stories and yeah. now we have those stories and it's a part of us in, in his 80s mid yep. 80s so 
yeah it's it's that's early 80s so yeah it's been a long time a long time if you think about when he when my great grandpa Moffat would have been you know grafting in his life yeah. so that's over a hundred and so years ago that's pretty cool <laughs> and, and, and for those trees to, i mean they were old and i i would not be surprised if this polar vortex totally wiped out what was left of those apples because they were looking they were in rough shape when yeah. i had seen them yeah um but that's the that's just one of the cool things and we'll have to talk about that a little bit later on another episode about grafting and kind of what that means to us but it, it's always fun to be able to continue somebody else's legacy especially if it's in your family if it had such an impact on fred that he remembers it you know 70 years later mm -hmm. and can tell us about it and that story and the idea that is is uh important enough for us to be talking about it right now and is now a part of our life um it'll be a part of our kids life and it'll continue on down right down through um our lineage so that's it's pretty cool that there's definitely something special about grafting and uh you know planting trees under the shade you'll know you'll never sit under so yeah. that's, that's kind of a cool thing it was super cool you got to see those bloom and there's lots of other things blooming I, and, and taking and, and the cherries first year yeah, we grafted those last yeah. spring. Yeah. And then they took, this spring, they flowered. They flowered, which yeah. Was, which was beautiful to see. It's so pretty. And the cherries flowered and it just, all the things, like, you know, there was, there's leaves everywhere now. <laughs> just like in a few weeks, it went from like, oh, we might have shade at some point. It to sometimes like, feels shade. like the things that we do around here, all the labor we put into things, it, it, it's like we're making deposits uh, into a savings account that you kind of forget about until the following year and then everything kind of springs new life and there's flowers and there's leaves and it just kind of reinvigorates you and, and gives you more motivation to keep trying and keep digging uh digging deep especially with you know after you've you know kind of failed a bunch or you have you know some uh some challenges to kind of work through we've yeah. we've had some <laughs> well yeah we've had some recent challenges yep We'll probably talk about more of that in detail on the Contrary Beekeeper Show. When we started off, we we have been preparing here on the farmstead on getting all of our boxes ready, getting the workshop cleaned up, getting everything prepared for the grand finale, which was uh, driving down to see Don the Fat Bee Man to pick up orders, uh, packages and nukes, and then deliver them across a bunch of states. Right. And so this was the mad dash. This yeah. was the mad dash. Like, this was just this was the, the last couple weeks. Yep. Mad dash. You know, it was like the you know the the runner that conditions all winter and you know gets on that treadmill religiously every day and that's what you were doing for months, getting prepared, getting ready. We were doing things in the workshop and then the mad dash to get those last boxes made, everything completely ready, packed and. 11th hour yes yes exactly at, like i think you were you were up until like past midnight the night before you left i think the the uh, almost a week before we left i i couldn't even sleep well yeah we you were up were, late in the workshop yeah so midnight or later every night dad came up from georgia to help me get a bunch of stuff um finished up and Packed we were working ready. through truck problems and the whole nine yards with everything was squared up felt good about it yeah and then it was just You've heard about Murphy's Law, right? Well, of course. You ever heard about you ever heard of O'Leary? I've O'Leary is Murphy's bigger, badder brother. Oh. So it was pretty much O'Leary's Law. Oh. 
I thought there was like a Burns Law. <laughs> Burn, yeah. Burns Law, my, my name is Trump I always told your dad that every time something would go wrong. I'm like, this is Burns Law. It is. So it was a crazy bee run. Uh, everything that went could go wrong did go wrong. But somehow, uh, because of good friends and family uh, and digging deep, uh, we were able to make the trip a complete success. Yeah. And uh, we, we got knew. home, got everyone's bees delivered. We were uh, nine states, four trucks, one million <laughs> bees later. Uh, we got everyone delivered. And then it sounds we, like a bad country song. <laughs> it sounds like a great country song. <laughs> <laughs> Who would sing that? Should, would that be George Strait? Oh, uh, somebody. Well, no, I, I don't know. You know me. I'd pick Garth Brooks Garth. over anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the big idea, the whole idea for us to put all that work and labor into the bee run. Yeah, why in the world would you do that? I mean, like most people are like, oh, I'll get like a hive or two. Yeah, and that's totally cool. Yeah. But we 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 are the we've talked about how important the bees are for our context, for our scale, for our goals, and how important they are for us, uh, even as therapy. Um, but there's just something special about them, and we wanted to keep growing the bee yard, and we wanted to be able to offer um, the small cell fat bee man stock um, up here in Ohio. Um, so we wanted to be able to grow our yard out to where it's big enough, to where we have enough drones, enough queens, yeah. uh, and enough stock to do that. So the, the the great big push for the bee run was to, like any other farmstead enterprise, we, we try to find a way to have that enterprise be in the black year one. And if, if anyone who's ever tried to start any kind of a new business um, or a new enterprise, you know how difficult it is to actually be, to break even, um, let alone be profitable the first year. Yeah. So we sat down, we, we, we put pencil to paper, and then we sharpened the pencil, and then we put the paper, and then we sharpened it, and we, we worked it out to what we needed to do um, to be able to meet our goals uh, to grow our bee yard out. Um, and that's why we went through all of the pain and suffering and aggravation of delivering a million bees across the country um, is so that we could afford then to grow our bee yard um, at a way more affordable uh, cost to do so. Now, I guess we could argue that, well, rather than putting all that time and the effort into doing that, couldn't you have just you know, spent the money and then, you know, save the time. That's probably true. There never seems to be enough time or money at the same time, does it? No, no, you have one or the other, usually. And then sometimes you've got none of either. either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was, that, our, that was our goal is, is, to, is to do that. And we did it. Uh, and we finally get to the finish line. So here we are. Um, we finally make it back. I think Dan and I, we were working on... Six, five that? and a half hours sleep, six hours over. He th- said, "I think he said three hours. I don't think you guys had as much." As it was, uh, it was an incredible trip. Uh, I will never forget it. Uh, big shout out to uh, everyone who, who uh, supported the farmstead uh, and bought bees uh, and were so gracious the first day uh, and flexible yeah. and patient. Um, so awesome! It was so it, cool it, to it hear the stories that you were telling me. I'm like, what people are crazy. And cool. We had folks that that literally sat at a pilot station 
at from from 8 p.m. until 2:30 in the morning. Our lat our, our first stop was supposed to be at 8 p.m. Um, and we fi- we we got on down the road through the mountains through the rain. No trailer breaks after being up all day working bees in the rain. Made our first stop and as soon as we got there and the folks were smiling uh, and they were appreciative and they were thankful. All of the stress, all the worry, yeah, everything just melted right off. So a big shout out to everyone who supported us uh, along that trip. Uh, Dan was my right hand man, my my co pilot, quick thinking, uh, great great rigging. Uh, his, um, his his buddy Mike uh, down there in Knoxville who, who towed us from Knoxville up to Columbus. <laughs> Dan's parents who uh, got Dan's truck to Columbus so we could finish the rest of the route. Uh, Greg Senior, who came up here to help me uh, get everything uh, wrapped up, and then he he towed us <laughs> in his truck from uh, the Fat B Man's yard to Knoxville. It was it was literally one person after the other, um, either supporting us financially by buying bees, um, supporting us with their time, yeah, um, supporting us with their with their labor, their vehicles, their kindness, uh, and all of the the prayers, the good vibes, the fingers crossed, the toes crossed, the whole so nine awesome. yards. It all added up. And at the end of the day, we got home. Um, we, got, we we had our bees. Yeah. And then it was time. Then it, and then the work began. And then but that the, yeah. wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah, but you got home just in time for our our little little bugs birthday she still had her birthday left you got, got home, home on annie's birthday yeah yep. that she was great eight. she was the first one waiting on me when yeah it, she that was, was awesome. so excited that you were going to get home that night so you didn't miss her birthday didn't miss her birthday got yeah, home got to see her fun. and then you got like what a little bit of sleep i think you got a little tiny bit of sleep you could barely sleep that night i couldn't even sleep uh, it yeah and then we got the next day, and the work began. So we are we are we yes. already had overwintered hives. Um, yes. That that was uh, fat bee man stock overwintered, um, and so we just we wanted to grow that at a rate faster than um, our overwintered stock would allow us to. Right. So we ended up buying a bunch of queens uh, and a bunch of packages, and then made a bunch of crazy splits uh, and did a bunch of wild things that we learned directly from Don, um, so that you can be not only frugal in the bee yard, but be right. successful once you learn some of these techniques. Um, and then we were able to grow our bee yard out to the point to where we're, we're, we are now, we'll be able to sell uh, Don's stock nukes and queens right. out of our own yard. Uh, and then some of those will even be overwintered genetics of fat bee man stock, right. which is really awesome to be able to keep seeing things through, keep seeing the bees uh, improve and do better um, and then kind of be a part of our overall context here on the farmstead. It's really, really important. But we started off installing packages. Yeah, this was a three-day venture. Ended up being over three venture. days because of everything else that was kind of going on. We had to get home uh, and then inspect all of our other hives to see right. what was going on, see if we had any cells that we could split from, uh, see kind of where they were, what, what resources that we potentially had to make all these other, all these other splits. And then we started installing packages. And then, as you guys might have seen on Facebook on the on the videos there on with with, with the time lapse, uh, it was that me. was day two. That was day two. Yeah, so we had night. already installed ten. Uh, it was ten the first night, and didn't didn't record that at all. Didn't capture that. But the second night, we did even more. And Izzy, our nine year old, helped. And so that went even quicker because you know two hands is great, but you know that's and she's second. Izzy did amazing. 
that that third that third set of hands was great. She was the one putting putting the lid on and putting the you know bucket on, and that was so helpful. And so and the, I think in the rain, it, yeah, it was sprinkling. It, it was start, dark. It started, it, yeah, and it started to get so dark, and I'm thinking, it's so dark. How am I still seeing? <laughs> Isn't that weird? When you look when you look I at the time lapse eyes. video, it looks like well, that's weird. They're just like fading out this, right? And then you see us with our flashlights and everything else working in the, in the dark. We're trying to find the last of everything we needed to do. Most most folks, they don't work their bees in the rain. They don't work them in the dark because no. of the temperament of the bees. And here are the three of us out there having to. And we really we had, had to. to. We, we had, had to, to work through the yeah. because there was going to be even more rain. And more weather. And, and we were already, you know, the the bees got put in their packages, I think, Saturday morning or, or, the, or the night before we picked them up right on that Saturday. Saturday. Yep. So they got Saturday S- on transport. They've got uh, Sunday on transport. And Monday, Monday we were on the road. We got home Monday night. Yeah. So here we are. We're already getting like four and Tuesday, five days. Yep. And so you're yawning. I know. It's it's already getting oh, late, isn't it? Sheesh. Yeah. It could be my bedtime. We're getting Seriously. Old. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't have enough coffee. But yeah, it was, you're making me tired just thinking about all that we had to do. It was so late oh, and stop. it was so dark. It's Sorry, contagious. it's contagious, I know. And so, but we pushed through and Izzy was a trooper. I mean, she did not. I said, honey, you don't have to stay out here. It's okay. She's like, no, 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 I'll girl's help. fearless in the bee yard. She is. She was I mean, there's, awesome. there's literally thousands and thousands of bees flying oh, everywhere. Have, okay, so it's explaining putting a package in, installing a package is literally like tossing bees into a box, you know, shaking bees It looks bees like the out. dumbest thing in the world that you should never do you with, sh- with yeah, things that can kill you. Yeah, it looks counterintuitive to what you think should happen if you were to like oh, let's be gentle and we'll just set this box on on top of, you know, where they're supposed to be and they're just going to pet them release down, themselves. Give them and, you know, yeah, like, and um, no, 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 it's like, you know, vigorously shake a box of bees and not have them be After mad at you. After you drown them in sugar water. <laughs> right. Drown them in sugar water, <laughs> shake the box around and then dump them into a box real quick and then close them up, Yeah. put a lid on and then put their feeder on top. Hope like heck they stay. And man, we've been through the yard and it worked out. It actually kind of worked out really good to do it in the dark because I'm not seeing a whole lot of drifting between those hives when we, when we use those shaker boxes on top. Yeah, I think, yeah. It I seems like there's, right. pl- there's plenty of bees in every single box because we did them at night. They, you know, they like went right back into the hive. Right. And, and so I, I don't know. It, 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 that seemed to work out pretty good. But I can remember that after we got that done, I was so pumped. Mm-hmm. because it's every now and again something will happen and you'll just be like oh man that that everything <laughs> is lining up everything is awesome it worked out really good and uh i just it was it was cool because when we got done i can remember going into the kids room and saying guys thank you so much not just for helping out tonight but from helping out from for everything because everyone buckled down to help get the workshop cleaned up, get the wood shop straightened up, get everything wired, get the dust collection, uh, actually cut and assemble all the boxes, get them out to the yard, get everything painted. Oh yeah, we had a day of paint. Oh. And everything led up to the grand finale. Yeah. And here we are in true uh, firework fashion. Uh, yeah. The fireworks are best at night. Right. And man, that's that's what happened. We So we got everything installed. Uh, that 
that night as far as packages and then we had, we had the, the next day the third day <laughs> the third day we, we, we had, we had uh, 11 more queens to make splits yeah. we made 11 more splits and it always seemed to happen when it was like evening it would be evening by the time we got it started and done and so it was that's actually a really good point because i was thinking about it seems like we're not getting to the actual mechanical side of the bees until later on in the day but then it then it kind of hit me that Mark Shepard once kind of put a bug in my ear about something called sequences. Mm-hmm. We, we just don't go install the bees. There's sequences after sequences after sequences. There's actions that are all sequential from the first one until the time where you actually take the action that had to be in place and had to be right for that action to be successful. Yeah. And everything leading up to installing the package were all sequential. But when we're actually working the bees or anything else here, we were actually spent the first part of the day preparing. Oh yeah. Putting the putting actually putting the time, making the time and putting the time into making sure the hive stands are built and that they're level and everything is where they need to be and that these rows here, this row is here, the boxes are already here, the, sh- the, the, the feeders are already filled, they're already in place, they're already right in it. Everything was set up and ready to go while we did is show up and then do the thing. You Rather weren't short a bucket or short a lid or short a bottom. We're not chasing our tail, we're not running back and forth, yeah. wasting energy There was time. no wasted steps. It was, we're staying in the workshop to get everything i want it down to the number i need everything to be done and then we'll go to the bee yard and so sometimes that wouldn't be until you know five six o'clock at night i you know got to eat dinner got to feed the kids and then you know then start the next step of the day which was installing this or getting that done and it was it was late late evenings because we wanted to make sure that we were completely prepared to do the job that needed done. And it totally paid off. It did. It was and great. It, 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 we, I learned a lot about ourselves and how we are work together and how important it is uh, to, rather than fly by the seat of our pants, put the time and energy into planning. Oh, in the bee yard, I feel like there is not a time or a place to necessarily fly by the seat of your pants because it could be... You know, especially for those bees, like you said, they had already been on the road day after day after day. They needed to be installed. They needed to find their home. They needed to be able to start doing their jobs in their final place. So it was important to be prepared and 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 be prepared enough that you weren't saying, oh, well, I'll just do this temporarily and then I'll have to do it the right way the next day, you know, or whatever. What's that quote? I can't remember if it's, uh, it's either MC Hammer or oh, it's Lord. Uh, Ben Franklin. Saw. Please tell me it's Ben Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> Something about failing to plan or planning to fail. If you if you fail to plan, then plan to, to fail. fail. I don't know that that's MC Hammer, but if it is, <laughs> Lord, strike me dead. Oh, that that quote's uh, pretty legit. I mean, just saying. Too legit. Um, it's well, totally, it's totally true though, isn't it? It is. It's it's great. It's. But but and I'm proud of you because you're not normally the person that 
it's not that you're not prepared, but you're not, you're usually just roll with the punches. We'll, oh, we'll be fine. I'll have enough of this. I'll pull from that, whatever, because there's a lot of stuff down in that bee yard, you know, but you were, you were dead set on having every box that was, you know, was going to get a package in it to be new, to be built this year, to have certain aspects of it to be exactly the way you wanted it so that you knew that all these things fell into place just so. And so that was that was not that was nice to see that there was a lot of thought and put into what was happening and to see it work out so well. And now it's worked out and I don't even I don't even know how many hives are out there now. There's, there's, there's more than 50. 50 we've been making pl- 52 splits. 52 or plus. I we, don't know. We just made splits. We just right. uh, caught and, we're re- and marked. We're and, queening, and, get, trying our hand at... That's pretty que- funny. Tell, yeah. tell them what happened today when we were uh, trying to catch that queen uh, oh, to get her shipped off. That was not really very funny. But um, so I... So you caught her. And then so you, into, we reached into the box. We, yeah. we find the queen bee. Yeah. Reach into the box. Yeah. And here's this, you know, $35 queen yeah, that you have to then pick out of there. Yeah. And then if you want to mark her, mark her. And, her and then the if you want to put her in a cage and then ship her down the road. Yeah. That's like a lot of, that's handling, a lot of handling with these big fat sausage fingers. You didn't ask me to do it because I wear gloves. Right. And so it was you doing it. And all of a sudden she like slips out of your hand and she's like, vroom, like a vroom, helicopter. Vroom, vroom. And she is just whirling around and we're like, uh, okay. And I'm thinking, oh, oh maybe I can catch her. No. So then right. I start waving. <laughs> I start waving the frame around thinking she'll just land on it. She'll just want to land on it because it's all her bees. Right. And I'm like thinking I look so, afterwards. I thought I must have looked look like so a complete stupid. idiot. <laughs> Here we are ducking and, and she's actually like zipping right by us. And she's, I think she's waiting she for these big stupid bears she to get out of the way. Sounds huge, <laughs> and she's—it's like a helicopter flying around there. It, it's just—it's incredible what a queen is like when she's in flight. Yeah, I didn't because I've never. I mean, it's it's majestic. I don't think I've seen one in flight. No, and here she is buzzing around, and we're like, "Oh my gosh, you're getting close to the box." Okay, no, now she's not. Okay, she's no, going she's back a, to the box. Yeah, oh no, not. she's not. Oh, she's she, she's going to go in. Oh no, now she's not going. And and eventually she went back into the box we closed it up gave her a few minutes then came back well what really scared us was the day before that we did have a queen fly off right and i thought i had got caught it with my and we weren't trying to we weren't trying to catch her no we were trying to release her and she just like got out and then there she went and i thought i caught her but i was so afraid i was going to smash her right and so i like gently put my gloves over the box and there's nothing i'm like i feel like a complete idiot again and so um at least i wasn't waving a frame around thinking a queen was going to land on it yeah you thought we thought she was gone what happened is when you install the packages you have um a little a little it's a little wood cage with a screen on it and the queen is in there and some and some attendant bees you put that in between two frames so that the everyone in the hive, the bees, can get to know their this new queen that you're introducing. Right. And it takes three to five days for her to eat through the little piece of candy that's in there, and then they can exit. Well, on a couple of these, because we were working in the dark and then probably in the rain and probably working fast, the queen cage fell to the bottom mm-hmm. of the box. And so, but it fell wrong. It fell to the candy side it, where it fell she, to where she was closing. Even her if off, she, there's no way she's getting out of there. Out of, yeah, it wouldn't have helped. So we 
go through and good because we're on top of all of our inspections and then boxes we go through we know we have all these queens in these boxes that we need to double check and so uh we've we found her in that position and then it's already been five days yeah and so it was time just to go ahead and open up the cork in the cage and then let her go into the hive and you're like now right now we're in the like the ooh and the ah and yeah. let's see all our interaction with the hive. She's so beautiful. Look at that long, big, fat abdomen. She's such a good looking queen. And you're like, oh, this is so cool. She's going to go in and she like kind of sniffed around the frame was like, see ya. She flies straight up like a helicopter <laughs> and out. I'm really like, oh my God, here we are trying to catch this, you know, it's $35 for a queen. She gone. Close the hive back up. Yeah. And uh, we had Hope. some we had some folks come visit today the bee yard to check out the bee yard and buy some comfrey and um and so i'm, I'm just talking to them about that and i just happened to be going through that box and i found day old eggs <laughs> so she had came back yeah and went right to work yeah she's like oh, okay well those people are gone so i can go back to my box so luckily she she came back, but whew. almost a hard lesson learned there. But if you're doing that, it you know, is. Man, it, don't be so cut the uh, the observation time down. Get that get her in, close it up, let yeah. her get to work, let her get yeah. yeah get on her own. But yeah, that was good. So all the bees installed. The bees are in, in their good shape. Homes. They're growing like crazy. I feel like we we've got a real good grasp on that. Uh, looking forward to uh, selling nukes and queens out of our yard it's something i just really enjoy it's it, i love it it's it's so fun um even at this scale so far so we're looking at kind of growing and seeing um kind of how it shapes out for us here what yeah. it means to us in the future but it's not all rainbows and unicorns because to put this much time uh and money into the bees yeah we're robbing peter to pay paul on both time and money yeah and it's Mother's Day weekend, and typically we're getting the garden ready to go. Well, typically it would have been weeks ago I was thinking of all the things that I'd like to grow. Well, months ago, actually. All the things I'd like to grow. All the seeds that needed ordered. Any orders be placed. And then, you know, within the last month or month and a half, I would have gotten all of my trays and everything prepped and ready and seeds started. All the labels put on and everything done. But instead of those last six weeks or so, eight weeks or so, preparing for my garden, I was helping you get everything ready for bees. And so... Yes, it was a give and take. <clears throat> I knew how important it was for you to get this done. And it was definitely not going to be a one man show and, and you do it all. So, um, and I wouldn't take it back. We really enjoyed all the time that we get that we spent out in the workshop in the bee yard already. And um, it's nice, you know. You've expressed how nice it is to have somebody to bounce things, ide ideas, and you know, things, well, thoughts, just, and just off to be of. together. I mean, we've been, we've been married for how long? That's not a question. I mean, I, I know oh, to the you second. Know how long. I, I oh, okay. I mean, I know to the second. It will. It's been a minute. It's how? been a little while. Go ahead. Uh. <laughs> It's it. We were married on an even year. I can't even imagine it's that hard. That would have been uh, September 30th, 2000. Uh, right. So we'll have been married 19 years this 19 year. 19 years this year. 
So in 19 years, I love these experiences in our life to where we keep learning more about ourselves and each other, but we're constantly finding new ways to grow closer and closer together. Oh, yeah. This, I mean, it, okay, well, I wouldn't have thought 19 years ago that, like, um, you know, going out into a bee yard and, and, you know, or grafting queens or doing things like that would have been, like, a fun, like, Sounds ridiculous. Hour together. But, it, it, no, it does sound ridiculous. And, but it is. It's enjoyable. And I have, I have fun doing it. The kids can be out there with us um, or they can be out playing and we can hear everything they're doing. I love being outside and hearing the kids play and just adventure and, you know, imagine and all that. And they are absolutely fine, you know, doing all that while we're out there. And and, and the same in the garden. I, I feel like the same way I would be able to be out there and, you know, do stuff and they're just you know, doing, they were up all day today catching frog. All day. All day. Catching a frog and then it would get out and then it would get back and then it would go back and then the, you know, and so and uh, then there was a baby. they caught the frog because they were smart enough and they have, they have learned, I think, enough from us that you keep trying, you keep trying and eventually they rigged up a fiberglass step-in post to their bamboo net <laughs> to give them that extra two foot that they needed yep and then they were slaying the frogs so yeah. they were able to, to they know they've got a problem what's the problem we can't reach the frogs how they do we didn't reach ask it? us for help let's rig up something they rigged it up yeah this is an eight-year-old a newly eight and newly six-year-old rigging up things and catching frogs and you know she would be, oh my i mean we had no there was nothing we were doing to help with any of that that was just them wanting to do that they, they were asking Alexa um, what frogs eat so that they could feed it properly because we only usually have toads. But the pond out front has frogs in it. And so they don't normally ever see those long-legged, smooth you know, frogs. Skin. Yes, smooth-skinned frogs. We always see toads. At night I mean, frogs. we always see them. So that was fun. But I mean, things like that, that, you know. we Doing it all together, though. Doing it all it's, together. It's, they uh, can be there's doing There's a lesson things. in there because for us, it's the bee yard. It's it's building boxes. It's right. working together as a family. The the takeaway there is no matter what it is, find something that you can all do together as a family that you that you enjoy and that you can actually see and and there actually be uh, uh, I don't want to say a reward, but there's there is some kind of visual progress. There's some there there is an, an end to the work that you're doing, and there's something to show for it, whatever that it might be, because. It seems like with all these steps that we've taken to get everything ready, there's always been uh, a goal to meet. And then that goal is um, either a stack of boxes or it's painted boxes or it's right. this. There's uh, uh, a remember we had, there, was, there was a podcast we had about setting realistic expectations. Right. We're setting those realistic expectations and there's actually something at the end to work towards and then see. And then you look at it and you feel good about it. Mm-hmm. And then the next time when you go to, to put all that work in, you know that at the end of the day or at the end of the end, end of that stint of days, there's going to be this thing that's the reward. Right. And that's I think that's important uh, when you're raising kids and the families. You got to have goals that you're working towards. Um, and then it, it, there has to be light at the end of that tunnel 
so you can actually uh, have some kind of a celebration or um, feel like you've crossed the finish line mm-hmm. rather than just running this constant race to where the light at the end of the tunnel seems like it's getting further and further, further away. Yeah, it's like it's it's not it's it's important for us as adults, but it's really important for kids to be able to, to so they can learn that if they work hard and they they see that thing all the way through that uh, there there is a result and sometimes well, it goes wrong and that, that's the thing like with the bees you know the kids can see the fruit of the labor with the honey and there's healthy bees when you plant a garden or you plant a plant you know they might get flower beautiful flowers from it they might get you know peppers or tomatoes or whatever their favorite you know thing is that they want to grow and i think a lot of times they just need something tangible to see, you know, not just to be told this is why you do this or this is why you do that. But it's important that they be able to work alongside you and have that experience. It gives them something to be proud of. They're also learning and we're learning. And it was, I think, a little bit tricky this year because we have our ideas that we've formed over our experience to where we want to do certain things a certain way. Um, this year, we weren't able to do the garden like you want to do the garden. Uh, like I have done the garden since we got here, yeah. And I used to do our smaller gardens um, at the old house. I would just grow, you know, buy everything and... and um, I, I started very little on my own. I, I had some years where I was able to, but um, we didn't have good light at that house. And also I had lots of little tiny children that would tear everything I planted apart. I hadn't figured out how to keep the kids out of the garden back then. I also didn't have any place to put, you know, like a lot of people will have a little greenhouse or something like that. I didn't right. have any place to put that. So, um, and every other year that we've been here, I have had, you know, you built me a hoop hut slash greenhouse um, covered in plastic and, you know, an old piece of metal roof has, you know, made the door and I could Get lock it or put a step in yeah. post in front of it or something to, you know, child proof it. And um, I would get all my seeds started, go up, water it and everything every day. And then I would be able to plant in the garden. But the... The giving was that I wasn't able to do that. My time was spent helping you and helping get everything prepared for that big bee trip and then getting it all installed and helping with all the inspections and everything. My time has been chewed up between that and finishing, you know, uh, rounding out our our homeschool year. um, It's a lot of me not having a bunch of other time. You know, the houses suffer. It's hard to get good good with that sometimes. It's not just just, as easy as saying... Oh, well, I don't have time to start all these heirloom seeds that I've been saving or my family has been saving for all these years. Oh, I know, because I saved seeds. I save seeds every year. I have heirloom tomato seeds that I would love to have. I don't think, I mean, you've, 90% of your garden every year for the last, I don't even know how many years, has all been started by seed. And it mostly has been by seeds that you've saved um, or your Uncle Brian has saved. And this year, you were pretty bummed out. You were. I, I knew that you. You were. You were happy to help with the bees, but the garden. W- when we first started off, going into the spring, we made a list of all the things that were important to me that I wanted to do. All the things that you were important to you wanted to do, and we looked to see where those crossed. Yeah. And where they crossed were the things that we were going to 
do the best that we could to support each other in. Right. And so the bees were on mine, and uh, the garden was yours. So you helped me get the bees off to a good start. But we had to make a huge compromise in how we actually got the garden started. Yeah. And so you, it was getting closer and closer. And I said, honey, I just don't think anything's going to go this year. I, I, you, were, you were almost could, not going to plant a garden at all. No, I wasn't. I was just going to say, you know what? It's okay. It's all right. You know, I mean, I'll keep it turned over and we'll just, we'll just not have hundreds of jars of food. <laughs> and so it was hard. It was hard to say that I was okay with that, but... I am definitely not the person that wants to spend hundreds of dollars on, you know, plants. That's why I start my seeds and that's why I save my seeds. And that's why I do everything I do to scrimp and save and, and make the garden be um, what it would have been for my grandparents a hundred years ago. Yeah, it's the old time way. You're saving your seeds. <laughs> you're keeping those genetics alive. You're yeah, but you're also keeping your cost down because yeah. the more you spend on the tomato plant makes the tomato, you know, the jar of tomatoes even more expensive. Right. And so I think the whole point for me is that, yes, it is, you know, the end of the day that the product that I produce is the healthiest it could be. But, you know, starting that seed makes it the cheapest for me it could be as well. And so... Um, you said, no, you know what? It's okay. Cause you know, we've spent money on worse things and we're going to go, I'm going to take you to our local, you know, garden center and we're going to buy some stuff to get you started. And if you want to start some seeds, that's fine too. Or if you want to direct sow some stuff, which we're, we're in, we're through the threshold now, we should be able to do that with no problems. And so I said, all right, you know, I wasn't super happy people, about people that. People spend more money on things and have zero yield on it. Right. So like I, a know, pair of shoes costs more in most cases, or leather or, boots, or, or something. going to the movies and have a, a, te- or, yeah. a temporary escape. a dinner and movie. It would, the garden it, is super important. That, that is your place. The bee yard. That's where I go and sit. And I think the garden. We've talked about that. the garden is your place for that. It was really important for me uh, to do whatever I could to make sure that you had your place. Uh, to do that right so going you know we didn't go to a box store which is fine if you know yeah it's fine. We, we went to an old uh, place called wilson's uh, which has been around forever a beautiful uh, garden center yeah beautiful uh, plants and they so we have went, a lot of different varieties of things that you're not going to find at your typical box store um yeah. you know you're going to find a lot of the burpee like you know um things like that at your look you know your box store garden centers but um this particular one has a lot more like there are some it's a little more mom and pop than than yeah Home Depot or Lowe's yeah or like so we we didn't do a ton but we did start thing uh we did go ahead and buy um all of our like kitchen herbs and the thing the, and the early stuff that you would have needed to have started three weeks ago early stuff ago. that I would have needed to start yeah quite a few weeks ago um so what tomatoes, did we bring home? tomatoes peppers but uh, four four I think four or five varieties of tomatoes, um, four or five varieties of peppers, and or maybe yeah, um, and then we also got all of our herbs. So we did our kitchen herbs, our oregano and thyme, and um, a lot of perennials rosemary, too. Rosemary, yeah. Um, we got dill and um, some other things. Um, Wormwood, fennel. Yeah, fennel and uh, chamomile. And um, 
And then we went ahead because uh, we, we do have um, beans. We do beans every year for canning. And so we went ahead and um, put those in after we had gotten all the tomatoes and peppers and things in the garden. Um, and then I have seeds. Um, well, you know, they call them seed tomatoes for uh, potatoes, sorry, seed potatoes from last year that I saved. They're little itty bitty ones and they've already started um, growing out. So I'll pop those in the ground. And um, other than some onions and um, onions, carrots and cucumbers, um, I think we'll call that a, a good year for this year. If for it, it for as much out, as I compromised, I think I think it worked out well. I'm glad compromise. that you offered. I probably would have gone with a lot less. And if I would have started um, from seed, I probably might not have done as well. I don't know. It depends on how the year goes. If you have a really hot you know, end to your summer, you sometimes can do, do well starting from seed right into the ground in May. Um, if we end up with a chilly fall, um, we could not see any tomatoes. I've had years right. where I, you know, had tomatoes started and um, still didn't get all of my green ones ripened because of chilly falls. And that's why we have the, the, so I guess we maybe paint a little bit of a picture of what our garden actually looks like. Okay, so we have um, we have four dedicated um, beds, and they're slightly raised. They're not they're not boxed in or anything, but they're about what thirty. I think there's 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 five. Well, there's four that are. They're four dedicated, and then, and then there's one, one is an herb. Yeah, yeah, it's an herb row. And they're they're thirty six inches wide by uh, almost thirty feet in length. Yeah, with uh, about a wheelbarrow's width walkway in between, so we can. Uh, we water it's walk, been a long weed. process to actually get that ground uh to where it was anything more than fair to midland yeah it was compact it was we've clay. had we ran the, the god god rest her candy the cow and her calf were uh in that area kind of manuring getting all those things ready we've, we've had, had chickens goats and chickens and turkeys and sheep oh yeah um i can't even what else have we got in there a lot, everything that we've ever owned was in there at, at one point or we, another. Yeah, at some point we tried to, to move the animals through there so they could help build that fertility and then at the end of the year eat whatever's left uh, <laughs> to kind of just do our garden cleanup for us. Right. And that's worked out pretty well. And uh, so we've, in those areas, we we do uh, and then layer, wood chips. Layer mulch. It's, yeah, er, wood everything, chips. Everything's covered in wood chips. The whole garden is covered in wood chips. Yeah. Uh, including the walkways. And then what that does is as the wood chips break down, it creates really, really nice soil beneath it. Right. So then the but we next, don't till. We, yeah, we don't till. So the next year, well, I guess we, do we till? I, we, no. we, we turn it over. So we'll take the walkways. We don't, we don't turn the actual ground that you're, right. yeah, you we, take we, the walkways we take that the walkways that, that we were, that are breaking down and we're stepping on and building right. that really nice soil. We, we, that kind of gets turned up and over on top of the, the beds to keep to, to constantly build those those beds up and, well, this, and to be fair it's on a slope so well, it's on a hillside um, it's a so hillside, it's actually so kind of like it's washed away a oh, little yeah. bit that's that's true that's a good point it's not just some flat ideal please no. place that gets wonderful perfect full nope. sun it's on the uh, i guess it would be the south and west west side of um a portion of where we tap our maple tree. So we've got 70, 80 foot trees um, that are, you know, right up there in the way. Um, So it gets as much light as we can without having the trees topped. Um, But we, 
everything's covered in wood chips, um, and then the, the the walkways between the beds get turned over into the the bed areas, um, and, and it remote. actually creates more like terraces because it's a hillside. Yeah. So it, it it's it's a pretty cool hillway um, to kind of grow food uh, in, in an area where most folks be like, I'm not going to grow a garden on the hillside. That's ridiculous. That's it, what it, we have to work with. It does with. present a challenge it's during really wet weather because yep. it can wash things out. I had I had some of my stuff darn near tipped over and washed out uh, yep. last year. It, it was, yep. yeah, that's kind of stink. So, in like, so this year what we did is because you worked so hard to help me get the, the bee yard ready. It was yeah. the least that I could do um, to help you with that. So we had, oh, probably about, I don't know, 12 ton of wood chips delivered. Um, and we moved about 10 ton of those by hand, um, into the garden and got everything. The first thing we did is you just use a stirrup hoe. That's pretty much all we use in there is a, is a stirrup hoe just to cut the surface, cut the roots of any weeds that at first kind of pop in. Yep. I use a stirrup hoe to cut those, flip those over. So we're actually getting like a little bit of a nutrient boost, um, when we cover that back up and it breaks down again. So we're kind of, we're cutting the, that top layer of weeds off, leaving it on the pile and then turning the walkways over top of that so it kind of helps build and what i noticed this year is i was like oh my gosh like the soil is cutting so super easy yeah it's not it's, like you're forcing it's starting it. to become very friable and uh fluffy and dark and rich and it just it, it smells good and like oh man we're actually getting to the point to where the garden's getting better and better and better Each last year. year we made a uh, a compost tea yeah. Um, and that seemed to help. So I think we'll all, we'll do that again here soon. Is get a, a con- get inoculate the the soil with with beneficial bacteria. Kind of overload the area with the good guys, um, and that'll help our plants, help our soil. Um, so yeah, I think it was close to ten ton of wood chips um, that we moved in after using the stirrup hoe on everything, the beds and the walkways. Um, a ton of work, but totally worth it because it's it it looks beautiful now. It feels awesome. There's just a certain tonight we were up there kind of talking. You were watering your stuff in, and we were on our little swing, our uh, hanging swing that we have up there. And it just it feels just the energy, the vibe about having that kind of a place. Um, I can see why it's so important to you because I get a similar feeling when I sit in the bee yard. Yeah, it's 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 a nice place to be. It doesn't matter if I sit there and pull weeds for three hours. It's still a a relaxing place. Um, and so it's, it is, it's someplace, everybody needs something like that, you know, where they can get out, even if it's just, you know, pots on the porch of an apartment building, you're, you're keeping something alive. You're watching something grow. You're, you're accountable to something, you know, to keep something there. And so I think it's, um, for me, that's my that's where I find my joy is in the garden. And I know you find yours in the bee yard, which I'm, I'm finding is really awesome too. So it, <laughs> I don't get distracted this year. It's, it's fun. It's, it's not funny. It's kind of amazing how we made the list early in the year on what was important to us. And where we had those overlaps, I'm finding that I'm really enjoying your garden a lot more um, when I put more time into it and get to see you enjoy it. And I've enjoyed you having having you out in the bee yard, and you're 
an incredible beekeeper naturally. I mean, it it runs in your family. Your great grandpa Moffat did the grafting. He also had bees. So hmm. you there's you you have something in you that rings true with the bees because when you're out there working with them, it's just you're it's just it's nat it's natural for you. It, you're not you're you're not deathly afraid or you're running out. Um, and matter of fact, you grafted queens. So you went in and you plucked out little tiny like if bee larvae than grains of out rice. of the cells yeah. with a tool and you put them in these little plastic cups and then we reintroduce those cups to a queenless colony. They look at those as their opportunity to make a new queen and they go like gangbusters and draw it out, feed those little larvae, turn those into queens. And right out of the gate, you have a 50% take rate which is incredible. Last year when I started, I was I, I was one for sixteen. So I it, thought it was one for thirty-two. Oh, you're right. There's there was sixteen in each frame. I didn't want to throw you under the bus, Nancy, but I look thought at that's you. what you said. You're gorgeous and you're smart, <laughs> and you can graph queens. See, I married up. I've been doing a lot of hope school math. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I mean, but that's I had it. I enjoyed it. I think my hands are a little smaller and I can um, I can maneuver the tool maybe a little bit easier than you can. But I just think I, I thought it was fun. So, yeah, I'm a little bit nervous about how this is going to play out with my garden stuff because I can spend hours every week in the garden weeding and watering and um, maintaining to get a good yield. And so I'm like, oh, <laughs> I might get distracted. And you so seem we'll to be see. enjoying the bee yard uh, a lot too. So we'll I know that's what I'm saying. I think the bee yard might be a distraction. I'll have to be mindful and be and do better about uh, helping you do all the things that you need done, so we can work together. Because I, I really enjoy. It's the nice time to have a spending. second pair of hands. It is, and it's just it's. I, As I, the I bee keep, yard I keep has expanded. You, but it's it's awesome having you in the bee yard. I love it. it uh, I I enjoyed it when it was more of me doing everything and I found that I enjoy the bees in the bee yard so much more um, when I have you out there to share it live and in person with is is incredible so it, you know it's it's, it's you, also you, nice to have the second set of eyes because like we catch whoopsies like <laughs> we went to go put yeah we went to go do the grafting and I was like looking at I was just holding one of the frames. I remember, I was like, "Greg, why is there a queen on this?" Right, because we were we were we were grafting. We had we had just, just we had moved the queen hurry. the day out the day before <laughs> to make the this 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 hive queenless, um, and we wanted her three day old eggs, and so we were going to just go right back into the hive to do that. And then there's a queen. Like what? And the world. I was like, world hold on. I thought on. we were supposed to be taking this from a queenless hive, and you're like, "We're in the wrong hive." We're in the wrong hive. What are we doing? <laughs> But it's it's fun. But with all these things, with 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 how great it it feels, it's not without consequence. Right. We're making compromises on a lot of the other things that we were planning on or want wanted to do with our time and our money um, that we just weren't able to do. We weren't able to start the garden from seed. Right. Um, we've compromised so we had to go get our early stuff and get those into the ground and then direct so yeah. which you've done right. and so now you know we compromise and it feels great it feels smart it feels like that was the right thing to do 
we uh, earlier in the, earlier on in the year we had to compromise where we couldn't do any sugaring um, because we had to get everything ready for bees, and it felt like the greatest decision ever. And all um, our trees were already lines run, everything ready. But I looked at you and said, "Is this realistic?" Yeah, and shout out to Tyler Miller. I know he listens. Uh, he got a hold of us. He bought bees. He's been out visiting. Uh, him and his family have a tremendous maple syrup business. Yeah, awesome. And he came out and uh, we traded bees for maple syrup. So like we still we won. won. And we have local, beautiful, awesome uh, maple, maple syrup. syrup. So if you're in the Ohio area and you're looking for syrup, get a hold of uh, Tyler Miller. Uh, he's actually working on some uh, pollen traps uh, for us. So we'll throw some of those out there and, and see how that goes. So that we compromised and, and it, it worked still out. worked out. And so um, right now we should have already have all, you know, probably most, if not all of our grafting done. done. I know. And we haven't done any of it yet. All of our scion wood yeah. is still in the fridge. Um, but we initially compromised and said rather than, than grafting hundreds of rootstocks, we're only going to graft a handful and then put the time and effort into grafting our, our wild crab apples that are already existing, already on rootstock, right. already have shown to live and thrive in this clay soil. Um, so we'll have to see if, if the compromise was is was to cut back on all that. We'll see what happens, you know. Yeah. We'll see what we, what we can get to. And I, I feel good about it on, on where we're, um, we're kind of at with everything. So we'll see how all this kind of, how everything shakes out um, as we put more energy and time uh, and money into the bee yard, um, it just goes to show that you know uh, there's there seems to be sequences that are constantly evolving, uh, and all the steps that we take end up leading to uh, new twists and turns down the road that you can never anticipate. You can never uh, be fully prepared for, but you just have to learn how to work through those. Uh, you know, do the best you can with, with what you've got, with what you know, um, and just and just roll with the punches. So we'll kind of see, I guess, how the rest of this kind of shapes out. But I don't know that we've got a whole lot. I think we've tackled, it seems like, most of the really pressing things. But I'm really excited because now it's also time to get back to construction uh, and start working on this addition again. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? Well, the kids are excited. I mean, I, for one, am like, ah, more mess. But, you know, we'll, we'll make all that work out. We're trying to get them in the, into those rooms by Christmas. They really want that to I, be I think we're, we're going to do everything we can to, to make that happen for them. They're, they're, I know we're partial, but they're great kids. They're helpful. They're respectful. Um, they do the right thing even when no one's looking. So... They've they've all been crammed up in one room since we moved out here, so we can start having this kind of a life. So I'm going to do everything I can to to get them in a position to where they they're not all going to have their own room, but the girls will be in one room, the oh, boys will be broken yeah. off into two rooms. There'll be a little bit more space. There'll be a porch. There'll be a screened in. Por- I like to try to remind them that when they go off and marry someone, that they still won't have a room to themselves. So they, they just never better will. get used to it they now. Never, there, there's, there's so a, just used matter, to get used to it. I got this crick in the back of my neck here. It's called Lily. That girl was in our bed last night. Man, she was throwing elbows, jumping she, off the turnbuckles. She was oh, wearing us out. She's funny. Well, uh, before we record the podcast, we threw out a video on our Facebook page. Okay. And my phone has been buzzing like crazy, so there's probably something on there. Okay. Before we get to that, 
uh, I guess on the next episode, I think we're going to talk about uh, my latest visits down to see Don the Fat Bee Man and his bee yard uh, and some of the really important takeaways uh, that kind of go beyond beekeeping uh, and kind of are impactful in our life on lots of other um, philosophical levels. But um, there's one of the great things about learning from somebody like Don the Fat Bee Man is... Yes, you're learning how to be a better beekeeper and work the bees, but there's a lot of lessons that transcend that. If you can look beyond, okay, I'm standing in a bee yard and he's talking, I think you could take that and put apply it to many, many things. I think any old timer would do that for you. If you just take the time to listen, go beyond yourself and what you think you know, right, and just be open to hearing yeah, he's forgotten more than we'll ever know, and I I, I love to uh, I really appreciate having <clears throat> having someone like him, um, that we can learn and and be better beekeepers, but also learn more and be better, just be better uh, in general. So looking forward to kind of digging a little bit deeper into some of that in the next episode. Um, but for now, let's see if we have uh, any feedback uh, on the Facebook post on comments, questions, hard lessons learned. Okay. Here we go. Oh boy, there's a ton. Thanks, guys, for uh, for all the feedback. Uh, so the first question is from Sheena Lewis. Here's a question for Susan: How on earth did you get anything done around the farm? while breastfeeding twins. I can't seem to manage two loads of laundry with one kid, let alone farm chores with two. You must be Superwoman. No. I actually left my cape at the dry cleaners a long time ago. Um, But I had to learn how to um, put myself on a schedule. I mean, you know, breastfeeding is on demand for sure, but... I would have, you know, an hour in between or, you know, by the time you start, you finish, you burp them, you change them, and they may or may not go in a swing, bouncy chair or whatever, sleep for, you know, if you're lucky. Um, but you're not going to get it all done. You, you might not get that laundry done and you might need to have help. And at the end of the day, I had a lot of help. I had, you know, children you know, above them that helped. But I also had a mom that would come and help and I would have to accept her help no matter if she folded the underwear the wrong way or if she put things in the wrong places or whatever. Accepting that things aren't going to get done the way that you've always done them or they're not going to get done at all is super important. But also knowing that the way it looked before the baby um is not gonna is not gonna be the way it looks after the baby. <laughs> My life did not look the same. Um, the parade, after the, of, twins. the parade of Holmes house. Uh, was ended immediately even right now my house is I cannot manage to keep I can't tell you how many times I broom sweep my kitchen floor and I still cannot keep I couldn't keep it clean enough to mop it right now if I wanted to just because the kids are constantly moving through they all have to be dead asleep and at that point I'm dead you know and then I have to think to myself how important really is it what draw the line, make your list of this is life or death, (laughs) 
you know, if it's washing your hair, girl, put it on your list. But, you know, if it's doing that load of laundry, then the baby goes in the swing or the baby goes in the bouncer and you get that laundry done and and the baby's still alive, you know. <laughs> but no, I lost my cape a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I, I, I can I can re- can remember when as we started growing the family, getting them on a schedule was huge. It's hard. Because there is you start to and sometimes you there's start not just a to get those little tiny breaks where yep. you can get those extra little things done. Yep. Like sleep. Yeah. <laughs> or feed yourself. Yeah. Or maybe have a, a lukewarm sip of coffee. Yeah. And that and that just picks up speed and momentum. And the you feel like little you're doing things you start to really, really appreciate. I tell you, it's but I you know, our dishwasher broke right after the twins were born. And I actually used it as my three, I got three breaks a day. I got a breakfast break, a lunch break, and a dinner break for dishes. And that was the only times that nobody, everybody left me alone, including the twins, no matter if they cried for 10 minutes because mama was going to stand at the sink with nobody on her to do the dishes. And I would look out the window and think one day I might be able to walk out there. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Good question, Sheena. Steve Hedrick. Hey, we were just talking about him and his pigs. Let's see. He says, uh, we just got through hosting 23 third graders here on the farm for three days. We soon remembered that nine-year-olds have a five-minute attention span. Yep. We made it through and gave them an experience that we hope they will remember the rest of their lives. Oh, that's awesome. That's incredible. Five-minute attention spans they do it's yeah after being at co-op um and you know you have well and i have a few of my own but they have very very small attention spans for anything you know and you have to constantly keep it lively (laughs) it's it's a challenge wow it's a challenge uh next we've got uh david halpin he says uh he he looks like he tagged his wife says shannon don't brood chickens in the house. At least put them in the garage. And he, oh, and then she fires back and says, David, let me elaborate. Yes, we will never brood chickens in the house ever again. Hard lesson learned. It only took about four days to figure out our entire main level was covered in a thin layer of chocolate brown peat moss. I'm talking from one end of the house to the other. It was on top of the coffee pot, counters, even top of the light bulb, ceiling fans. It was a disaster, especially for me because I have a horrible allergies. My sneezing, itchy throat, and eyes were out of control. We quickly switched to pine shavings oh. and cleaned the house thoroughly. The mop bucket was so dirty. Unfortunately, now the house is covered in pine shavings dust. However, I don't seem to be as allergic. These chickens are currently in the garage. And then uh, David has a picture here of a little of a little hoop hut tractor he built. They are ready to move outside once I finish this monstrosity. Can you remember? And Blacklick, when we were getting things ready to get out here to the farm, we were raising ducks and chickens in the living room, and the entire house was covered in a chicken schmutz that you just can't explain unless you have it. No, until somebody knows what it is, 
they don't know what it is. And it's it was awful. Like we would, my mom finally begged because I was pregnant with the twins. She's like, please put these things outside. But it was cold and we weren't sure how we were going to keep them warm. Um, and that's your biggest challenge is you have to keep them at a certain temperature or they're going to die. Which is why we switched and we brewed outside yes. on pasture in their hut. But we change and we, we raise our meat birds later on in the year where it's already almost warm enough. They don't even need any, any kind of a heat lamp. Right. We try to. worked out really good. Yeah. And, and I think it's just a matter of your goals. So you have to get in there. At get the, your you goals don't just start. You, it's, that's something that kind of you develop. Oh, and you will never know not to brood anything in the house until you do it and you realize how awful I can remember when we were first doing that. When you're living in the house oh. and the birds are getting bigger, like you just get used to it. Until I would then go on the road and come back home, and I would and open like, the door. Oh, this is awful. It smells like poultry oh, farm in here. It's nasty. I I really hate the smell of chickens. Uh, even when they're perfectly clean, there's just something about as we the more we raise them, just that fine dusty chickeniness is just unmistakable. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it probably ruined your day a little bit. <laughs> hey, old Jimmy Collins here. He uh, says. Uh, so, in the spirit of that age-old adage that says, love makes the world go round, I got a couple questions about you two, or about you two, yeah. What is your song? And lastly, what did Greg do to win Susan's affection, or was Susan the pursuer in the beginning? Hope you don't mind the personal questions, but I bet there's a lot of us that would love to hear these stories. Our song, Is This Love, Bob Marley. Yep, the, and... I, do you remember who's who? I did say because you... As always. So this is back in high school. Be the lighthouse. Um, Greg was... We'll see you next Probably time. not what you would call bookworm or necessarily a... How about a handsome, hippie, aspiring guitar, guitar jam band uh, guy? Yeah. So he, he wasn't necessarily... Um, your straight A student, and um, he would continually need to copy my notes um, for a history class, I believe, wasn't it? Yep. We had notes for history It was class. history. And so, yeah, so you would not fail and you would graduate high school. Um, I let you... I was, I was that, yeah, it was that, that was bad. That, if I oh, failed yeah. that class... You were not getting... I was not graduating. Graduating high school. So I felt bad for you and let you copy my notes, but I did tell you that you had to um, like take me out or something like that. So I guess that was me pursuing you, but then you actually ended up, you know... I, I think you baited me, I think is what... <laughs> You walk in with them legs and uh, oh, stop. And Mrs. Garman's class. And you uh, sit there and I'm just like, oh my gosh. That's so funny. And you would look at me and you would talk to me thinking, oh my gosh, she she, she might, might kind of like, like me. <laughs> and then we were, we had art class together. and so We had several classes together, which me, yeah. Yeah, made it handy to... And then you would, and, and I don't know how, eventually, or you must have said something about you know, hit homework, whatever. I didn't have it done. So let me borrow it. So you, you kept offering to, to help me out with that. And then I can, I re, I still remember to this day exactly where I sat, who sat in front of me. I walk into Mrs. Garman's, uh, was it, was it grammar class? It was her English class. English class. Mrs. Garman's English class. Yeah. I sit down and, uh, you give me your, uh, the notes to copy. Uh, and you say, you know, you're going to have to take me out for copying all my notes and i was like 
I think I was in shock. Did she just <laughs> tell me that I have to take her out? Did she just tell me I get to take her on a date because I copied her notes? And I was like, okay, so when do you want to go? And it ended up being, I think it was that Friday or the next Friday night we went out. and uh, It's all history it's from there. All, that's all she wrote. It, that's all she wrote. Yep. So it started with a pair of legs and, a, oh, and, and history notes. Yeah, that's funny. So good, good question, Jimmy. Man, it makes me it makes me feel old. Oh, here we go. My uh, right hand man, co-pilot in charge, Dan Bokris, says the importance of paying attention to the check engine light. Oh yeah, we'll yay. talk about that on the Contrary Beekeeper Show. Another episode. And uh, what we thought was just an exhaust leak was not an exhaust leak. So that was uh. I told you. Yep. I told you so, Burns. And then uh, Jimmy Collins says, hey, if your car is making a horrible noise, just change the radio station. <laughs> and then Jeremy Hill uh, comments and says, Dan, must be a Ford owner's concern. <laughs> and then Dan says, it took a Ford to save the day. Jimmy's, it took three Fords Jimmy to save says, the day. It did take three Fords to save the day. It took three Fords to save a, to save a Chevy. I wouldn't change a thing about that trip. Nope. You and Dan need to tell it. It's a, It'll be a good story. It's a story I don't think him and I will ever forget. And uh, it was it was a heck of a good time. So, well, with that, guys, thanks so much for uh, sharing this podcast, liking, subscribing, checking out our YouTube channel, uh, sharing this where you can. Not only does it help us get the word out, um, but it... It lets us know that you appreciate what we're doing, um, and it's it's fun to have these interactions with, with folks. We've talked about it over and over again. It's not just about having a online social relationship with somebody. It's about you know uh, working harder to form in-person relationships. Yeah. I don't want to get too woo-woo and sappy, because we need to get off here and get to bed, but it was only a few years ago when some guy I didn't even know through the Regen Ag site ordered Comfrey from me. As time went on and we both worked on making in-person uh, relationships, that fellow ended up being my right-hand man on this bee trip uh, and is, is one of my best buds, and that's Dan Bokris. And that started off on a Facebook he bought Comfrey, and things kind of developed. So it's really important us to not only share our experience on the on here on that at, at the homestead and with the farm, but to actually build meaningful, uh, lasting relationships with folks. And this is this is the modern day platform. Yeah, you know this is how you you know. So I challenge anyone listening. You know, take it to the next level. You know, have a cup of coffee. You know, try to meet meet you know some of these people online that you actually want to have a relationship with, um, and you'd be surprised what actually happens. Next thing you know, you might have your own Greg and Dan's excellent adventure that you'll tell your kids and grandkids about. So uh, we're looking forward to having. Uh, there's already been folks like crazy, uh, you know, coming out checking out the bee yard. Um, want to have a cup of coffee with us? We're looking forward to sitting down, having some coffee with folks. Uh, just you know, sharing stories and uh, kind of getting back to the old time ways of uh, getting to know each other and uh, kind of building a real life in person community. Yep. So thanks again for listening, guys. Uh, and until next time, 
Be the change. Be the lighthouse. And keep it contrary. We'll see you guys. Bye-bye.